Get ready. You're tuned in to Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea, bringing you the hottest trending topics on social media. Stay connected. Instagram.com slash Lovely Tea 2002. Hey, you guys. Welcome to another episode of Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea. I hope you guys had a great weekend, a happy fourth, and all that damn jazz, okay? So anyways, I want to come on here and finally do a podcast on my thoughts on the whole Jeffrey Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell, you know, just this whole situation that, you know, we've been talking about off and on on the internet for years, okay? And like I've been telling you guys for a long time, the swamp is finally being drained. And I believe the catalyst that initially unplugged the drain in the swamp was the whole Harvey Weinstein situation. When those white women started coming out and they started the, you know, well, they, they didn't start, but they hijacked the Me Too movement from the black woman, Teronica Burke. And this became a viral movement, the whole Me Too, Time's Up, you know, and Oprah Winfrey jumped on board, even though, you know, she's very close friends with, you know, Harvey Weinstein and a bunch of others. Um, I believe that was the catalyst that has us to where we're at now in 2020. So for years, a lot of people in the truther or, you know, some people call them the conspiracy community. And I kind of hate that word because it's just, you know, it's very dismissive. It's a word to try and paint people as crazy. You know, folks who think outside the box make them look weird. So I'm not a big fan of the word conspiracy theorist. So I call them truthers. Okay. So a lot of people in the truther community have been taught my Jeffrey Epstein for years. That is how I was first introduced to him and his name. I didn't know nothing about this guy growing up or, you know, all these circles that he traveled in. Never heard of him until I got older. And people in the truther community were talking about, you know, how, you know, this huge billionaire guy was able to get like a sweetheart of a deal in Florida you know, do house arrest for basically raping, molesting, grooming, you know, multiple girls. And he literally got a slap on the wrist. And so um, the case ended up being brought back to light about two years ago when people started digging and, you know, the, the Me Too Time's Up movement was in full force. And at that point, when they went to investigate, they saw this was a deal that no one had ever gotten in life and that there was a lot of corruption involved in him getting that sweetheart deal. If you guys remember, um, the prosecutor in the Jeffrey Epstein case was Alexander Acosta, who was also very close to Trump. He was President Trump's um, labor secretary. So when I tell you all this shit is interconnected and it comes back full circle, it's crazy. So a lot of people were calling for his firing because it was so blatantly obvious, the favoritism and the bullshit that went into the uh, Jeffrey Epstein case um, in Florida for getting him that sweetheart deal. When all the onion layers were peeled back, they found a lot of corruption. And because Alexander Costa did not want to face, you know what I'm saying, what he did wrong, and he just decided to resign. He literally announced his resignation for the 2008 sex crimes, and he blew off into the wind, okay? 
And so Jeffrey Epstein was found guilty. Um, he was in a jailhouse. And in this jailhouse, funny enough, um, cameras were off. The guards were asleep. His um, his uh, prison cellmate was, like, moved out of there for some strange reason. And Jeffrey Epstein allegedly committed suicide. So that never sounded right to any of us with common sense. I believe he was suicided. Um, for those who don't know what that means, that's somebody who is basically forced to kill themselves so they can play it off as a suicide. But I don't believe that he killed himself. I believe he was either murdered or suicided, one of the two. So anyways, so... I guess after he killed himself, people thought that was going to be the end of the story. The victims didn't really get justice, but he's dead. So all is well in the land of Hollyweird. And then Netflix dropped a documentary a few weeks ago called Filthy Rich. The disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein is dead. Did he kill himself? Was he killed? There was something happening here that was bigger than just Jeffrey Epstein. And I watched it. I watched it all in one night. Matter of fact, I've watched it twice. And I thought it was a really good documentary. It really broke down the entire Jeffrey Epstein case. I did not know that it went as deep as it did. I thought maybe he just, you know, molested and raped just a few women. But to see that this was literally a pyramid scheme of pedophilia was so disturbing. To see how he groomed a lot of these young girls who were on the right track initially and their lives had just totally fallen off and how he basically made them then turn around and recruit other girls. So I'm going to molest you. And now, in order for you to get some money because you're broke and you're from the wrong side of Palm Beach, I'm going to give you $200 a pop per girl that you bring to me. And they would do that because these were young girls, 14 to 17 years old, you know. And so they would bring their friends and their cheerleading teammates and, you know, just whoever to Jeffrey Epstein's home. They would get their $200 and be on their way and bring more girls. And the girls who were molested, they would turn around and do the same thing. This was sick. This was sick. And y'all know how I feel about pyramid schemes, honey. I can't stand them. Everything from that fucking CBDT to Nutriburst to damn Cutco knives. I hate pyramid schemes. So to see a pyramid scheme based on sexual exploitation of young women was just really heartbreaking and disturbing. One of the things I kept trying to figure out is how did this man come into his wealth? He wasn't born into money. Um, he literally just seemed to kind of scheme his way and rub shoulders with certain people. But I feel like th there's just something more to the whole Jeffrey Epstein character. There's something very, very dark, demonic, and sinister. And it just does not make sense to me. Like, no one can really explain where he got abundance, where he got the abundance of his wealth from. I know some people said that he was, you know, scheming money from certain business partners and stuff. But even still, just his home in Mar-a-Lago was $20 million. He owned homes, you know, some of the biggest homes in Arizona. Um, he owned the biggest townhome in New York. I mean, property in New York is so expensive. He owned the biggest townhome in New York. He owned his own private island. This man had unlimited wealth prestige and status he was known as this gatsby-like figure of mystery he was stunningly rich he had a 20 million dollar house his own private island in the caribbean and because of that wealth and prestige he was able to infiltrate all types of circles 
like the modeling world, the fashion industry, you know, the, the political sphere. He was hanging out with people like Donald Trump and Bill Clinton, you know, with celebrities like uh, Chris Tucker and Will Smith, hanging out with fashion models like Naomi Campbell and so many others. But the main person that he was always with, his right hand, his right hand woman was Ghislaine Maxwell. Okay. And Ghislaine Maxwell was an older woman. Um, she's of British descent. And her father was a really famous guy back in the day, and he ended up being disgraced. But she was the main one procuring these young girls. She would get them very comfortable, get them relaxed, and basically make it seem to them like this was normal. This is what you do to please a man. This is how you carry yourself. And in a lot of these instances, from what I found out in the documentary, she herself participated in also molesting, groping, and sleeping with these young girls. So she was just as perverted as Jeffrey Epstein, okay? So one of the main victims that's been very, very vocal is Virginia Roberts Gouffre, and I, I really like her. Um, she has kept her foot on everybody's neck, from Ghislaine Maxwell to Naomi Campbell to all types of people, and, you, and especially Prince Andrew. And they try to dismiss her for a long time as being crazy, being an attention seeker, being money hungry, and it was none of that. And now it's coming out that everything that Miss Gouffre, uh, Virginia Roberts Gouffre, was saying was absolutely factual. You know, so the rabbit hole with this situation goes so deep, it's extremely disturbing. And I've done a lot of research on this just for my own edification, but it is extremely disturbing. So if you guys do not know, I had posted, um, I believe it was last Thursday, um, she was finally arrested. But what was so funny is that the place where Gaylene Maxwell was arrested, she wasn't in some bunker hiding out. This woman was right in the open. Okay, like I always say, everything in Hollywood is literally an open secret. She was literally laying out in a lavish hideout. It was a $1 million New Hampshire estate. It's called Tucked Away, funny enough. She'd been laying low there for months. The crazy part is she was able to buy this property because she was in cahoots with this lawyer named Jeffrey Roberts. Um, he's an attorney, and his law firm is Nutter McLennan and Fish LLP. And basically what he did, he basically set up a secretive LLC and bought Ghislaine Maxwell's home in cash. And it does not have her name on any of the documents. He specializes in high net worth individuals in tax planning. When I tell you the rabbit hole goes deep, it goes deep. You're not even allowed to have more than $8,000 worth of cash on you as a regular citizen. If not, that's cause for concern. Even if you go to a dealership to go buy a car and you want to put down a certain amount of cash, anything over $8,000 has, has to be reported immediately to like the FBI, tax people, all that stuff. This man was able to buy a home in cash without any of Ghislaine Maxwell's information on the paperwork. Do you understand how many people in high places she had in her back pocket? And the crazy thing is, why even buy a home? Why not just go in some island in the middle of Timbuktu somewhere and hide the fuck out? But that's how bold she was. She thought she was untouchable. So anyways, to get away from the lawyer situation, she was arrested. If you guys want to see the pictures of the house, honey, this house, I mean, she was living her best life in this tuckaway palace. Um, the pictures on the Daily Mail. But so she was arrested last Thursday. 
the FBI made the announcement. This was on July 2nd. So this was a big deal. Okay, this was a big deal because for months, everybody has been like, where is Ghislaine? They were basically treating her like, where is Waldo? Where is Carmen Sandiego? Where is Ghislaine Maxwell? So she was arrested. And so her whole thing is she's upset. You know, she's really mad. She feels like she did nothing wrong. But as of this morning, they're announcing that Ghislaine Maxwell is set to plead guilty and start cooperating with former prosecutors. So this has a lot of people nervous, honey, because she knows where all the bones are buried. She was there from day one. So she's not trying to do a damn thousand years in prison. I believe if they don't harm her or she doesn't harm herself, she's going to sing like a canary. I want you guys to listen to this news clip and I'm going to come back with the rest of my commentary. For months, prosecutors say Ghislaine Maxwell hid away in this New Hampshire mansion. But Thursday, FBI agents moved in, arriving in about a dozen cars, a plane flying above to make sure the only way she left was in handcuffs. Now, Jeffrey Epstein's closest associate is sitting in a cell in this medium security county jail in New Hampshire. The 58-year-old faces four charges in connection with transporting a minor for criminal sexual activity. Maxwell has long denied any involvement with Epstein's alleged crimes. Overnight, prosecutors requested a hearing on Friday, telling the judge she's expected to be transferred to New York early this week. The question many are asking, will Maxwell reveal any secrets about others in Epstein's circle? One of his accusers, Virginia Roberts Jufrey, said this to 60 Minutes Australia. I really hope she comes forward and says, A, B, C, D, E was involved. This is how it ran. You you know, just just help us victims get some accountability. One connection of interest, Maxwell's friend, Prince Andrew. She attended Princess Beatrice's 18th birthday party, and she also visited Buckingham Palace on multiple occasions. This is not just the privilege of someone that's a casual friend. This is a very close friend. This newly surfaced photo published by the Daily Telegraph appears to show Maxwell with actor Kevin Spacey sitting on the thrones at Buckingham Palace. The Telegraph reports it was taken during a tour organized by Prince Andrew in 2002. Spacey has faced his own allegations of sexual assault, which he has denied. NBC News has not verified the photo in the palace. Spacey and Maxwell's attorney have not responded to requests for comment. Jufri says Maxwell recruited her and that she was 17 when this photo was taken in Maxwell's London townhouse next to the bathroom where she says Prince Andrew abused her. What happened? The first time in London, I was so young. Keelan woke me up in the morning and said, you're going to meet a prince today. I didn't know at that point that I was going to be trafficked to that prince. Allegations he has repeatedly denied, including in this BBC interview last year. I have no recollection of ever meeting this lady. None whatsoever. Now, a friend of Maxwell's tells Good Morning America that Maxwell was Epstein's victim, too. I believe that she is a, vic- uh, is a victim of Jeffrey Epstein, just like many other people were. It doesn't mean that um, what she did was right, but I also know that she tried many, many, many times to get away from Jeffrey, and he kept keeping her there, luring her there. Steph, uh, for months now, there has been this back and forth about Prince Andrew speaking with officials here in the United States. Do we know where that stands? 
You know, the U.S. attorney was asked about that on Thursday, the day they arrested Ghislaine Maxwell, and she said that they are interested in speaking to Prince Andrew. But then a person close to his team tells NBC News that they are, quote, bewildered by that comment, that they have communicated with the U.S. attorney's office twice in the last month and gotten no response, Craig. All right, so you guys just watched that news clip. So like I said, this entire situation is very disturbing. Ghislaine Maxwell played an intricate role. Everybody knew what was going on. The first report against Jeffrey Epstein took place in 1996, back when I was a damn high school, okay? It had to do with two sisters, and they were also featured in the Netflix documentary. Their names were Annie and Maria Farmer. They were the very first accusers, and as soon as they were able to basically verify each other's stories, they went to the FBI way back in 1996, and nothing was done because of Jeffrey Epstein's status and prestige. So, so many people dropped the ball on this case. It's ridiculous. And for years, this woman was threatened and, you know, made to feel like a horrible person and everything else. Um... So people knew Ghislaine was just as guilty, if not more, because because of her womanhood, because of her femininity, because of how she carried herself, she was able to make these young girls basically drop their guard. Whereas if Jeffrey Epstein was coming at them, their guards may have been up more because he's an older man. He's not that attractive. Ah, ah, ah. But because back then she was young and seen more as like a mother figure, a lot of these young girls put their guards down, not realizing that she was probably just as big of a devil as Jeffrey Epstein. She's currently being charged with six counts, including human trafficking for um, of minors for sex. Now, another thing is this. On that island, a lot of really sinister things happen. She even admitted that they got that plane. So that way they were free to basically fly girls all around the world without detection, without people being in their business. And I want to also speak on the Naomi Campbell thing. Back in like 2019, Virginia Roberts basically went in on Naomi Campbell on Twitter and basically was like, Naomi Campbell... You were there. You saw me at these parties. And at the time, Virginia was like only 17. So you would think that would have raised eyebrows like, who's this little girl? Why she had all these parties with some of like the biggest names in the world? And so she really went off. So she says, you saw me at their parties. You saw me at Epstein's home. You saw me on the plane. You saw me get my hair cut. You saw me on the streets. You watched me be abused. You saw me. Hashtag awareness, hashtag justice, hashtag Ghislaine Maxwell, hashtag Jeffrey Epstein, hashtag Naomi Campbell, hashtag Prince Andrew. So she tweeted that a year ago. Then Naomi Campbell did an interview. And basically in that interview, you know, she said that, um, you know, you're not going to use her past against her. You know, she may have been friends with these people, but she didn't know to the extent of what was going on. I'm just going to play you guys a snippet of what she had to say. Y'all go ahead and hear this out. You are not aware of Epstein activities. Did you know who he was? Yes, I knew him. I was introduced to him on my 31st birthday by my ex-boyfriend, Flavio. He was always front and center at Victoria's Secret shows. Did you suspect what he was doing? No. And what he's done is indefensible. And when I heard of what he'd done, it sickened me to my stomach, just like everybody else. 
I mean, right now I stand with the victims. It's, I can't, you know, they're scarred for life. Okay, so you guys just heard what Naomi Campbell had to say. And that's just a snippet. It's a, you know, it's a full interview. Now, I will say this. I've always felt like she had a really dark vibe about her. Um, and I just don't like people who wallow and who love tokenism. And that's one thing I've always gotten from Naomi Campbell. She loves tokenism. Back then, she loved to be the only black girl. She took pride in being the only black female in these huge parties. She loved being the token black chick amongst elitist white men. Now, in 2020, you know, she's Miss Pro-Black and Black Lives Matter. Ah, ah, ah. But for us who grew up in the 90s who watched her, that was the real Naomi. Okay, she loved being around the Jeffrey Epstein. She was close with Kevin Spacey and Harvey Weinstein and, you know, all these people because, again, it raised her star power. Clout chasing is nothing new. People act like clout chasing is something that Takashi 69 invented. Okay, we understand maybe the word is more hip right now in this era, but clout chasing was going on back then, too. You know, for the most part, yeah, these models were famous, but you definitely were elevated when you were seen with a Prince Andrew, a Jeffrey Epstein, a Ghislaine Maxwell. Her and Ghislaine Maxwell damn near best friends. You know, she can try and distance herself all she wants to, but a lot of those pictures and a lot of stuff from back then don't lie. Now, I will say this. Am I saying that she's guilty of touching or molesting any of these girls? Absolutely not. I would never put that out there without proof. But I do think... Regardless if she wants to admit it or not, Naomi Campbell was used. And this is how I feel like she plays a part in this and how she was used. Back in our day, okay, it's a lot easier to be discovered now because y'all have TikTok and Instagram and things like that. So maybe you're a girl who's 5'7 and taller, model physique, and, you know, people can just run across your Instagram and you can possibly get signed. Back in our day, you literally had to be discovered at a mall or go to these big cattle calls where they're looking for, you know, all the models in the Twin Cities areas. If you feel that you can model and rip a runway, come here to this location. And I went to a few of those. I even got picked and got callbacks for a few of those. So that is how it went. Now, remember when I told you guys at the beginning of the stream that Jeffrey Epstein was definitely entangled in the fashion industry? She even admitted that you would see him at all the Victoria's Secrets fashion shows. He was also very, very close with the owner of the L brand, who is a billionaire, um, Leslie Wexner. Okay, and they also claim that that's who um, he stole money from was Leslie Wexner. And he owns Victoria's Secrets and things like that. But he's a he's a billionaire. So I believe that they use Naomi Campbell's status in the fashion industry because she was a huge model. She was one of the top three models back then okay in the 90s i mean you saw naomi campbell everywhere it was always linda evangelista naomi campbell was number two christy turrington was number three cindy crawford was number four number five was claudia shifford those were the top five tyra banks came a little bit later but even then she was like you know number 10 okay because naomi campbell was not trying to have tyra anywhere near the top five these were the same models when we were growing up that said they would not get out of bed for anything less than $10,000 a day. They may be getting tired of hearing about it, but just about everybody else is talking about supermodels and the big bucks they make. According to Women's Wear Daily, an average rate that divas can command for a Paris runway go like this. Claudia Schiffer is at the top at $7,000. 
followed close behind by Linda Evangelista, Naomi Campbell, and Cindy Crawford at $6,000. Yasmin Gorey, Helena Christensen, and Christy Turlington ring in at $5,000. I can understand that people don't understand it necessarily, but I think that we definitely are a tribute to the sales of these clothes, and people are making billions of dollars off of us, and so our couple of thousand dollars are satisfactory. Of course, the stars can ask for a lot more. If you want an exclusive, try $50,000, which is the price Johnny Versace reportedly paid a few of the top girls for one of his shows. This is how elitist the modeling world was. You could, I mean, like, you couldn't just break in. You, I mean, it was so many steps to being a, a world-class supermodel, but Naomi Campbell was always the token black girl, okay? You know, even though she was one of the top five models in the world, she's still a black woman. You get what I'm saying? So I believe that she felt like she had to do extra stuff to keep herself in that elitist level of models, Whereas you don't see Christy Turrington and Cindy Crawford hanging out with uh, Weinstein and running the streets with Gaylene and and um, and uh, Jeffrey Epstein. You don't really see any of those white models doing that. But Naomi Campbell had to rub shoulders with these people to keep her face up there because the white models, they was going to be OK and be seen regardless. OK. And I believe that that is why she hung with these people, because, again, she was busy clout chasing and trying to feel like she was somebody in the modeling world. And because of that mentality, they were also able to use her because she hung with them so dearly, was at every event with them, hung really close with Gaylene Maxwell. They were able to use her presence to lure and to procure younger girls in the guise of modeling. Look, we're looking for new models. Um, you know, you fit the build. Look at Naomi Campbell. She hangs with us. She, you know, told us to come, you know, scout you out. I mean, I'm just saying what could have been said to some of these girls, because let's not forget. In 2019, there were documents that were unsealed in uh, Jeffrey Epstein's court case, and it named Naomi Campbell MC2 agency founder, they were all linked to activities of procuring young girls. April 2012, court filings in a civil case filed by billionaire sex offender Jeffrey Epstein link Epstein and Jean-Luc Brunel, owner of modeling agency MC2. The documents say MC2 employees told attorney Brad Edwards that Epstein's condos at 301 East 66th Street in New York City were used to house young models. Edwards, who has sued Epstein on behalf of several women claiming to be victims of sex abuse by him, was told MC2 brought underage girls in from all over the world promising them modeling contracts. Quote, Epstein and Brunel would then obtain a visa for these girls, then they would charge the underage girls rent, unquote, the documents say. Through the investigation of his lawsuits against Epstein, Edwards learned that Brunel, quote, runs the modeling agency MC2, a company for which Epstein provides financial support, unquote. They also allege that Epstein tried to thwart Edwards from taking depositions of Brunel, Epstein's companion Ghislaine Maxwell, and other high-profile names such as President Bill Clinton. Details are listed in more than 62 pages filed by attorney Jack Scarola on behalf of Edwards in the lawsuit Epstein filed against Edwards. Now, like I said, I don't believe that Naomi Campbell was out there doing what Ghislaine was doing, but I believe that they used her presence and her constantly being around them as something to present to the young girls who thought they might have been there for a modeling casting, who thought that this might be their break. If you're seeing this woman, Ghislaine, hanging with one of the top five models in the world 
and they're talking about, you know, we're interested in casting you. You're gorgeous. You could be the next Naomi Campbell, the next Cindy Crawford. You're going to go. You're not going to think twice. So I believe that is how Naomi Campbell played a part in the situation because she hung with them so closely they were able to use her and her presence to learn girls so not necessarily saying that Naomi Campbell was out there you know procuring herself or you know molesting or doing any of that foolishness so don't mince my words but I do believe that her presence was definitely used to their benefit to bring in more young women okay so this entire situation like I said it, it, it definitely goes deep the whole, I mean, this podcast could be two hours long with all the information I've just researched on these, you know, fucking sickos. But I'm not going to make it that long because I ain't got time. But, I mean, the whole situation is just insane. And then most recently, if you guys don't know, um, Anonymous, once again, they dropped a bunch of documents, which once again linked Naomi Campbell, Donald Trump, and many others to Jeffrey Epstein. And this was back on uh, June 2nd. And... On Twitter, Naomi Campbell was trending. Folks were dragging her. She had disabled all her comments on her Instagram. I mean, it was a mess, the stuff that Anonymous leaked. So, I mean, Naomi Campbell was definitely in the mix. And she can say that she didn't know and she wasn't aware. But something was going on. You know, and that's the part that's just really, really um, just sad. And she wasn't the only one. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it was so many people that were tied to these people. I mean, even Princess Diana has pictures with Ghislaine Maxwell. You know, Ivanka Trump, who is um, Donald Trump's ex-wife. Harry Kissinger. Uh, we've talked about Prince Andrew. Mick Jagger. Alex Baldwin. Will Smith. Mark Getty, um, Bobby Slanton, Joan Rivers, Michael Jackson, um, Minnie Driver, Christy Torrington, Nick and Thomas Pritzkler, and they're members of one of the 15 wealthiest families in the world. So a lot of people were tied to these folks. And one thing that I did hear is on those planes, everything was recorded videotaped and the, the entire plane, the whole Lolita Express plane was bugged. And I believe that Gaylene may have those tapes. She may have those videos. You know, I don't think she would have destroyed them. I think if shove comes to push, she may end up releasing those tapes because she said a long time ago to one of the victims, I'm on that documentary that everything is bugged. Everywhere is bugged. And a lot of these people you know, they use each other. They use each other to social climb and for clout. And they always keep dirt on each other. What does that sound like? Almost like the Jeffree Star situation, how he has dirt on everybody. Funny enough, we're talking about another Jeffree. But um, I believe that if she ends up looking at 100 years before she goes down, before her pampered ass will do a day in jail, she will release those tapes. She will bring receipts. And... It's going to shake up the world because you have the royals tied into this mess. You have presidents and former presidents tied into this mess. You have some of the biggest names tied into this mess. And so that might be why they're not too excited to really investigate this case. This is something that can shake up the world. And what are they going to do? Actually throw these rich elitist people in prison, these blue bloods, the people who actually run the world. How do you lock them up? I don't see it happening. But I do feel like they're going to try and give her time if possible. But she's definitely going to spill the tea. And I'm going to be here for it. So anyways, y'all, 
This is my podcast concerning the whole Jeffrey Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell, Naomi Campbell situation. Whew, it's a lot to unpackage, but the rabbit hole goes deep. I suggest everybody do their own research and try and figure out and come up with your own conclusion to everything. But it's really sad, the stuff that goes on in this world. It's very sickening, and a lot of people try to ignore it because they just can't handle the truth. But we live in a really, really sick world, and the more that you understand that, the more you'll just be able to just build up your discernment and see through a lot of the bullshit. So on that note, thank you guys so much for joining me here on Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely T. So go ahead and leave a comment on my YouTube page. Let me know what you guys think of this podcast, and I will talk to you guys next time. Deuces. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure you join us again soon. For all the latest tea, make sure you follow me on my social media pages. Just put in L-O-V-E-L-Y-T-I on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.